Welcome on into the 2-3 Podcast. I'm Cam, that's Zach. Episode 25, Jim Laranega is still Walmart Jim Bayheim edition. It is do or die time, Cam. ACC tourney, first round, Florida State. Here we go. It is cliche to say it, but all teams are 0-0 at this point. Nothing, well, I want to say nothing in the regular season matters, but also the selection committee would have uh, other things to say about that. But in Syracuse's case, the regular season really doesn't matter because it's all or nothing when it comes to ACC time and trying to get into March Madness. That's right. Winner, winner, go home and it's time to play the best basketball you, you can and, and try to win every single game. Obviously, that's been our mentality all year, but now it's a little different. We're, we're in March. We're in, we're in Brooklyn. We're in the ACC tournament, and it's uh, it's a big game against Florida State. And honestly, what do you have to lose at this point? If you are the boys in orange, a four-game losing streak heading into ACC tournament time, a lot of them very, very heartbreaking losses. But what do you have to lose? Go out there in Brooklyn, up against Florida State, it's going to be a great game and just play your hearts out because you got nothing to lose at this point. So you may as well just go for it. Go for broke. Yeah, I feel like that's going to let them play a little more free and loose. Obviously, like there maybe is a little pressure to, you know, at least get one last W on the season here. But overall, there's no pressure. There's nothing to lose. Like we're we've had, you know, a pretty up and down rough season overall. So Stability to let loose play and just go out there and let it all on the floor. Do you think that like the majority of the season, there's been almost a little bit less pressure because I think that the team was more or less written off, not early in the year, but more or less midway through the year, the team was sort of written off by national media and by fans, ACC fans alike. Do you think that maybe there's been a little bit like the pressure has been sort of alleviated for the majority of this year? I mean, for some guys, we kind of talked about this last episode, but but I don't think that pressure could ever get off of the Bayheim bros, though. Like, even though, you know, people have written them off, Dash Media is like, oh, Syracuse sucks or whatever is down this year. Like, they're still fighting for everything. I mean, obviously, this team is too. I don't want to preface that they're the only ones fighting, but something about those guys in particular, obviously, because of who they are. I feel like for them, the pressure might have gotten a little bit more, honestly, just because it's like, all right, we got to turn the ship around and we need to do it now. So for them, maybe, but in general, I would say yes. And when we sort of debrief from the season, when you and I come on, when the season is actually solidified, nail in the coffin, it is over, then we will actually talk about sort of like a summary for the season overall. But I think that... I think that a lot of people more or less kind of wrote us off when uh, Jesse was hurt. And I don't mean to pinpoint it on just one person or just one incident, but like that Virginia Tech game after Jesse got hurt kind of turned the ship a little bit. Obviously, we were going in the right direction. We were starting to get into conversations a little bit, but more or less, it kind of ended after that kind of fizzled out. And then a couple of these games, like I said in the past, like, four or five games they've been really really close nail biters and a lot of them have been heartbreakers they're they're finished and you know the last game is is more or less kind of like a summary of the whole season senior night you know coming away with a loss but uh you know you gotta look towards the ACC tournament Zach with sort of like a clear mind a clear focus 
this is it, man. Like, if you're the Bayheim brothers, if you're Buddy Bayheim, you got to lead your team through this ACC tournament. A lot of people have written you off, so what do you got to lose? Exactly. I mean, like you said, the season's not over yet by any means. Obviously, they have a tough path to, to success here, but it's possible. Anything can happen. It's March. It's tournament season. And it's just the beauty of basketball and college basketball and the beauty of the ACC, which has been silly all year. So let's continue that through the ACC tournament, shake things up, see what can happen and have fun and get some W's. That's a really good mindset heading into the tournament is the ACC as a whole has just been very silly. So why not? Why not us? And I think that we've been saying that for a while. It's just why not? Who's going to be counting us out? Like, or I mean, everybody's been counting counting us out. So, like, why not, dude? Like, who cares? The ACC has just been off its rocker this year. So, I would not suspect. Like, if Q's comes away with the ACC dub, I honestly wouldn't be shocked, and I think that a lot of other people wouldn't be shocked too, because just as a whole, there have been upsets. There have been terrible losses from ACC teams. We don't even know if like the ACC is actually good or not this year. Yeah, I mean, obviously that that would be very tough and we don't want to, you know, you know, discredit the the incredible running this the insane the insanity of that run would be, but it's possible and and we're hopping on that bandwagon that is possible and we can do it cuz why not? Why 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 should you not be on that train? We're on it. Hop aboard. Here we go. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think that Q's fans need to kind of go into it with a, a positive mindset. Listen, this team could do it when we've seen the boys play their hearts out. Like when everything is clicking on all cylinders, I'm not really sure who can beat us. If we're knocking down shots left and right, we are a fantastic team. And I saw a quote from Buddy that more or less agreed with that saying like, we're one of the best teams in the ACC. It's just when we go up against Duke, there's something wrong. Like we cannot compete with them, which unfortunately is a problem because if we beat Florida State, we go up against Duke. Duke is waiting for us. So maybe third time is the charm. We need to have an out of world game uh, in that one. But listen, it's the ACC. It's March basketball. Anything can happen. And um, I, I wouldn't put it past Syracuse basketball making some conversations in March. And beyond that, we do have a little exciting news. Potentially, Samir is cleared for practice, so he's back in practice. Hopefully, that means he'll be back in the game today. At, at the time of recording, we haven't heard official word, but it seems like all sites and all conversations are on that he will. So it'll be a big break for our bench, and obviously with, with any ball pressure or point guard needs that we need throughout the game, Samir will be back and missed him when he was out, since he was out since Duke. Yeah, and Jim has been mentioning that we've been terrible bringing the ball up, and that's why you bring Samir in is because he is a change of pace. He's able to get the ball up. You feel much more comfortable uh, when he's running the offense, and defensively too, he's able to create steals. He's able to create chances, create fast breaks for the team. I'm really excited to see him possibly return against Florida State. Like you said, nothing is official yet, but it is worth noting that in Syracuse's sort of like, they always post the photos of the team practicing or whatever, getting ready for the, you know, they say like Brooklyn bound or whatever. And Samir is practicing with the team. So hopefully that's an indication that he is more or less at a hundred percent or hopefully close to, I think at this point in the season, 
you just need him. If he's able to go, just throw him in there. And the way that like we played against Miami, we desperately needed him in that game. And I feel like that would have been probably the uh you know it would have it would have helped us in our favor quite a bit if he was able to play in that game. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely missed missed having a point guard that could handle pressure. This is something we we we've struggled with all year. And even our first recaps and episodes, we talked about how why isn't every team pressing us? Because we can't handle it well. And luckily we've made it through, you know, quite a bit of the season here here and out where we have been pressed and I don't know why. But these last few games, especially against Miami, we're getting pressed again, and we still have that problem. We can't handle pressure. So hopefully Samir can come back for Florida State and handle that pressure with these games going forward. But that was a really big problem against Miami. Yeah, and I don't know if it's necessarily because Joe doesn't have, you know, maybe he's a little bit antsy when it comes to the pressure, but it seems like it's been an overall an issue for his whole career that he's not good when he's being pressured. He's just, you know, Jim always mentions how he isn't a pure point guard, but uh, at the same time, he's had people pressuring him his entire career. So I don't really understand why he struggles with it so much. Maybe it should be something that he needs to work on in the off season. If you're able to work on that in the off season, but you know, next year, maybe something will change. Maybe he'll move to shooting guard, but right now, you know, you're the starting point guard. You need to be able to be in there. And when when Joe is playing well, he's so valuable for this offense. He's such a great scorer. And when he gets on himself, when he gets very emotional, it just it, it kind of ruins everything. And it kind of ruins the the pace of the offense in general. Yeah, honestly, I, I think pressure and handling pressure is is literally all mental. He has I think he has a skill set. He has decent handles. He has decent decent enough speed that he he has the ability to beat a press. I mean, obviously you're gonna have a good defender on you here and there. And they're gonna pick pick your pocket. That's gonna happen. But it's it's how you you, it's how you react to that. And I think that's where Joe falls into a little bit of a slump. Is he gets his, he gets his, he gets stolen, or whatever happens, and next thing you know he's kind of down in the dumps and he's just not playing as well. So it, I th- honestly think pressure is a mental game. And I think he really struggles with that. And obviously, he's he's a really emotional player. We've talked about this several times. So I I think I really do think mental ha- plays a huge part in that. Yeah. So you know, apart from Samir, hopefully Samir is back. Hopefully he's able to come back. But apart from Samir, obviously we're out with you know Jesse's out. Benny's going to be out. Um, Florida State's got basically their whole rotation. You know they're 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 good. They're fully healthy. So. I don't know what kind of team we're going to be seeing. It could be the team that we beat. It could be a team that um, is completely different. I'm not sure. I, I really don't know. And we're not necessarily here to, uh, you know, really get into Florida State too much. But overall, Zach, like the 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 biggest thing I think for me is I want to see some bench production in this game because obviously the ACC tournament, you play day after day after day for what, four days straight hopefully potentially so that's going to be a tired team and it's all about you know it's a marathon not a sprint but at the same time you need great performances from everybody overall and I think from the bench even we even if we may have like a a slim bench at this time I think that we need to kind of uh see some more production out of them as a whole 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's thinner, but hopefully it's getting a little bigger with Samir, like we've mentioned here a couple times now. But I think that's really crucial, like you said, four games in a row potentially, and you, you got to, you know, be frugal about your time on the court and just make sure, you know, you're not killing yourself too quickly and falling into fatigue after the first game because especially because who, who's waiting for you? Dude, we mentioned this already, so you got to be careful with that. And so that's, it's huge on our bench. Obviously, our bench is very, very limited, so it's a little bit of a tricky and big ask, but hopefully our team can come out all guns blazing and just kind of put on a clinic. That's that's my hope. I'd love to see that. Obviously, it's harder said than done, but that's my hope. Yeah, and I think a, a big thing with this game too is, like you said, we got Duke coming up. Duke is waiting. So it'd be nice if the starters could basically rest as soon as possible and you're able to get, you know, some some maybe third stringers in, you know, to potentially kind of eat up some of those minutes and maybe also to kind of get them moving a little bit. Maybe we could see some Patty Casey minutes. That's always great. Um, but just overall, if we can get the the starters out as soon as possible, get them rested, get them ready for Duke. Um, you you got to remember, too, like this is so this is such a quick pace for all teams. But Duke is going to be coming into that game very fresh. They're going to be waiting. You know, they don't have to play a game. So maybe that could be benefit to us because we're already ready to go. We're already, you know, hopefully coming off a big win. Hopefully it's big. But um, ACC tournament, man, we're not usually too good in this sack. So it'd be nice if we could actually like turn things around in this game. Yeah, we obviously struggled ACC tournament in our history of being in the ACC and we kind of talked about this before you hit record too. We, we kind of struggled in Brooklyn too. We've gone to yeah. some Brooklyn games, me and you, in the past. We haven't seen them win in Brooklyn yet in person. <laughs> or honestly, in recent years, I don't think we've seen them even you know on TV win in Brooklyn. Yeah. Even though Brooklyn is our, our home away from home, I'm not sure why Brooklyn is doing us dirty or why we're doing Brooklyn dirty. But regardless, we got to find a way to win. And kind of what we're talking about is like, you know, coming out all fire cylinders, you know, getting our guys rest is the best case scenario we're hoping for. Like if we want to have the the best path to success going forward with Duke waiting, I think that's what we got to do. Obviously, you got to win the game. So if your guys have to play the whole game, then that's what has to happen. But best case scenario, we'd love to see more or less a blowout. Is that is that easy? No, but best case scenario for our success in this really tough stretch coming up here if we want to make something happen that's that's kind of what we need to do florida state has a very long flight home and i want them to think about the terrible game that they just put on against us uh, on their flight home that's that's my hope but yeah we're one and two when the acc tournament is in brooklyn we beat i think wake forest in 2018 and that was it so hopefully we can sort of turn the tide. I know in the ACC tournament in general, we really don't win too often. And it'd be nice for us to just kind of pop out. Like of all years, it would be nice if it was this year. Just out of nowhere, out of the blue, make a run. Why not? Put yourself into the conversation. You got nothing to lose. So um, Florida State's coming in pretty healthy. Hopefully Samir will come back. But uh, we do have a little bit of a recap, Zach. We had mentioned a couple times the Miami loss, senior night, but the shining star who has been the shining star, I want to say his entire career, but especially this season, Buddy Bayheim, 30 points, 
he, he just continues to make me so proud to to be a Buddy Beheim fan and to be a Syracuse fan in general. Yeah, absolutely. Buddy went off. He needed 30 points to get the ACC scoring title for the regular season. And, of course, he got 30 points exactly on the dot. So he finished the season leading the ACC in scoring, which is incredible. He's also, the day after that, he got named a first-team All-ACC, which I know created some buzz in the Twitter viewers. But I think that's well-deserved. He absolutely deserves first-team All-ACC. I don't know who in the right mind would disagree with that. I think that you're a lunatic if you're thinking that he doesn't deserve first team all ACC, but uh, I feel like he's been in the conversation too the entire year. So I don't really feel like it's a sort of out of the blue. Oh my gosh. Why is buddy ba-? like he's been in the conversation the entire year. So I don't really get what the whole point of disagreeing with that is, but listen to, to just kind of sit back and just evaluate buddy Bayheim in a Syracuse orange uniform it's just I can't believe that four years has come and gone this quickly and to see his growth just as a player as a person to continue to be an upstanding like player and just representative of the team in general um, it's just something that I've always admired about Buddy and I feel like he's really made his his mark he's lived up to the hype that everybody was you know talking about when he first came to Syracuse, I'm really, really proud of him. And I obviously there's still some season left, but um, we'll just do our own little recognition here on the, on the two, three, just really, really proud of him and uh, really happy that he was able to play out of his entire career in a Syracuse uniform. Absolutely. I mean, he's, he's definitely going to go down after the season as one of the best to wear orange in history of the program, you know, accolades, his, his scoring, three-point shooting, he, he's, he's got everything. He, he's, he's done everything. He's proven that he's the player of this caliber, and he, he's proven to be one of the best. And it, like you said, it's just truly an honor and just like a blessing to, to see him blossom into the player that he is. You know, especially, and he kind of talked about in the interview, how he struggled his freshman year a lot. He really struggled. He had limited minutes, couldn't really get shooting, and really struggled. And he like he, there was times where he he talked about how he wasn't sure if he could make it here, but boy did he make it here! And he left a huge mark. And it's just honestly just just so just truly beautiful to see. I do want to give him love because I feel like he's not giving enough love. But again, since we're doing the whole senior recognition here right now, I do want to give some love to Jimmy because when he came from uh, Cornell, I feel like there was a big question mark as to what kind of player we were going to be. I was fortunate enough to be able to watch him in person a couple times and to see the way that he played and to see that translate so well to the ACC. I feel like he has played, he's exceeded everybody's expectations. Even if there were really like no real expectations kind of coming into the year, nobody really knew what to expect from him. But I feel like he has done so well in the Syracuse uniform. It took a little bit to kind of get everything translated, but also, he's shown that, man, he's a dog when he wants to be. He can take over. He can create his own opportunities. And uh, I'm really proud to see like him sort of blossom as well into the player that he's become. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been a, it's been really special. I mean, obviously, it's a kind of like the overuse. Hey, did you know there's two Bayheim brothers on the team? <laughs> but it's been special. Like, you can't ignore that it's, it's special to see those two brothers playing together, obviously under their under their father like it's it's really special and sweet 
And, you know, obviously, you know, it's super overplayed and kind of like annoying at this point. But if you do take a step back and kind of forget about all the national media, keep on talking about it, it, it's truly special. And I really kind of feel bad for Jimmy because I'm looking at like sort of just the rundown of his career in general. If we do end up getting a losing record this year, he will have finished every single year on a team that has a losing record at Cornell. There were some really bad teams that he was a part of Uh, his junior year. They were seven and 20 overall his sophomore year. They were 15 and 16 and his freshman year. They were 12 and 16. So I feel really, really bad for him, but also it's gotten, you know, he's, he's gotten the opportunity to kind of show who he is. Like when he is clicking on all cylinders, man, he is, he is something to behold. He can do basically anything that he wants to, um, and it was really, really special to, like you said, see him and his his brother and his dad, even though they talk about all the time on each broadcast. It is really, really special to see that. And it's something that we will probably not see again, at least like Syracuse wise. We probably won't see that again. So uh, soak it in. It, it's been a, a really, really fun journey for them. And I'm really excited to see where they sort of take their careers in the next step. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, while we're going down this, we got we absolutely have to give a shout out to this guys to Cole and Barama. Especially Barama, the amount he's been through with injuries, sticking with the team, and just being like a leader on the bench and within the program. Truly an honor to see him come back and get some great minutes this year. When he started, that was like that was special to see him start on senior night. It reminded me of you know, two years ago of him starting being you know, prime, prime time Brahma. It was really cool to see him start and just kind of, you know, wrap up his Syracuse career in, in good light. Yeah. Especially uh, after, like you said, all that he's been through, um, there was a time when we didn't think that we would ever see Brahma again. Maybe we would see him like on the sidelines as a coach, but to see him actually out there and to see him actually like putting in some minutes, putting in some production is something that I I imagine feels fantastic for him. You know, he's been through so much with all of his injuries. So it's really, really cool to see him be able to kind of be out there and putting his own, you know, mark on the game. Um, Also, Cole, listen, Cole. Run it back, baby. (laughs) Run it back, okay? I know that there's been a lot of talks. I know that Jim has been talking about, well, maybe Cole will come back next year. Listen. If you're listening, which you might not be, but if you are, you got to do it, dude. You got to do it. It's going to be your team next year. Imagine it's basically going to be what Buddy's team, like this was Buddy's team, obviously this year. Next year, it's going to be Cole's team. Okay. How good does that sound? Cole's team, man. He's going to go in there. He's going to put his own mark on it, his own stamp on there. I, he needs to run it back, dude. But if he doesn't, I wish him all the best of luck. It's been an honor to see him lead the team by example, uh, by his leadership. It's been really, really special. Absolutely. And we've got to give a quick shout out to our, our walk-ons. It's some of the less, you know, players on the team that contribute. Of you know, first and foremost, our guy Patty Casey, baby. Yes, sir, Patty Casey. It's been fun, man. It's been really, really fun to see him kind of interacting with us too. He was actually was he the first player to actually follow us back? He was one of the first players. I know that. Oh, it might have been actually. Yeah, that might have. That's true. I kind of forget about that. So listen, Patty, we love you, dude. Uh, the pride of Scranton. 
he's a good player, man. It's it's I feel like we might be seeing like a couple of, you know, more minutes out of him maybe in the next couple of games, but it's been very, very fun to see him play. I mean, I don't know if it's possible, but uh, we'll echo the same thing we said to Cole and run it back, Patty. Why run not? Run it back. Run it back. I think that he's got one more year left of eligibility. Why not, dude? Like, yeah. go get that PhD. Again, Dr. Casey, it's got a nice little ring to it. And then uh, you can frame that right next to your championship like ring. I guess that they get a ring, I believe, at the end of the year. So put that next to the ring that you'll get next season. Okay. The doctorate. You got it made at that point, dude. That's some serious hardware. That would be serious <laughs> hardware, and I, I think he's got to do it. If he can. If he can. Yes. And then one last shout-out to our man, Nick Giancola, and uh, Chris Lavelle as well. They got some some recognition. Um, always really, really nice to see them. You know, obviously Chris has had a a very rough, not rough. just like a very emotional journey um, on his way to to being a graduate student at Syracuse. So it's uh, been really, really special to see them both. Um, honestly, just it's going to be really, really tough to see like all the guys, all the seniors and grad students. This is an older team, man. This is this was an older team, and to not see them next year on the team is going to be uh, a little bit different, I guess. Total studs. That lineup, studs across the board, and they're, they're going to be dearly missed when they're Syracuse career does officially come to an end after the season. And uh, I, I hope the best for all of them. So I do want to fall back, awkward transition, to the Miami game. It was a very, very rough one. It kind of fell apart there at the end. And as Jim had mentioned, it was mainly due to the fact that we could not bring the ball up the court. It was just as simple as that. So um, really, really rough and just kind of a surprising loss to me, I guess. I didn't really think that we were going to be struggling that badly, especially in the second half after we had been kind of floating in the first half. So I don't really know what fell apart there, Zach. It was just kind of a, a collapse overall. Yeah, we've, we've kind of fallen back into the rhythm we were in the beginning of the year where, you know, call it, luck, call it you know, mistakes on our end with turnovers and just poor choices down the stretch and, you know, the final, you know, 30 minute of the game. And it just and those, those mistakes are, are just so costly in a tight game, and it it was kind of it was very reminiscent of the first game where we had like a we had a, we had a decent lead at halftime, and then I mean Miami didn't come back like they did again in in Miami, but they did come back and and got it close, and obviously were able to get a victory out of it. But it's just it's just a tough tough one to swallow. I mean, like I really don't know why this this keeps happening to this team like partly is like luck in terms of just like things not really going your way and some of it's this execution thing and i i really don't know like it, it's i don't know it, it feels like it's almost like a curse at this point a little bit i, I really don't know what's going on with these, these these close last last minute last like 30 seconds these games are decided in the last 30 seconds 30 seconds of the game and for some reason we we keep on not finding ourselves on the right side of it in the second half, Syracuse shot the ball 28% from the field. Miami, in the second half, shot 63% from the field. So sort of a tale of two tapes, I guess. Uh, tale of two games. Just sort of like, I don't really get it either. I don't really understand what the curse is. 
maybe Buddy Bayheim needs to kind of take control in the fa- you know final couple of minutes in the game. Maybe that's it. But I, I just don't get why this is such an issue to kind of close out games when it really shouldn't be. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like, is it a problem the buddy isn't taking the final shots in in, in games this throughout this whole season? I mean, obviously he, he's covered and the the last shot we we had, which there's like four seconds left in the clock, we had an inbounds play. We we're down by three. Jimmy got, you know, decent great good look from three and you you know, he was right in front of Jim, so it would have been very poetic for him to make, you know, his last shot in the carry doom to, to tie the game like his first shot in the carrier dome in front of Jim that went in, but obviously that didn't go in. But I don't know. It's like, even though that was, that was a solid, a good shot. Like, I guess like, do you want that shot or do you want like a contested buddy shot? I guess is what you would have gotten. And it just, it just feels like overall buddy isn't getting his hands on the ball. Like I think he, in like the last minute of the game, he touched the ball like once maybe. I think that teams are more or less making it a point to like guard him heavily because obviously the team wants to give him the ball. He's the best shooter on the team. I don't know why you wouldn't want to give him the ball, you know, in the in the final possession of the game, but I think that maybe teams are sort of keeping an eye on him and that's more or less leaving other people to be open. Obviously, Joe a couple of games ago had the the shot to tie it and at the time, I was like, I don't want Joe taking this shot, but at the same time, he knocked it down because he was not having a good game overall, but at least he was able to knock down that shot. So maybe um, it's a, a thing where like you need to just give it, give the ball to Buddy. Like It doesn't matter who's guarding him. It doesn't matter how hard the pressure is. You just need to give him the ball. You need to give him the opportunity to kind of make his shot. He's going to try to shoot it regardless, so... I'm not really sure. I think uh, that is something that maybe needs to be considered. I guess all things, you know, it just it, it needs to to be considered in the last couple of minutes in the game, kind of come up with that play. But uh, I'm just kind of surprised that I guess that he's not getting the looks. That's the thing. It's it's like obviously game situation and game situation is different, and you know. Some some defenses are better. Some defenses, you know, are, are right in in his grill, and he he just literally can't get open. But it's just like you know, your best player should have the ball, and I, obviously, like there is opportunities for other people to step up. And you know, like you said, Joe had that shot to tie the game and made it. You know, Jimmy could have tied it this game. Obviously, it was still like you know, a tough shot, but like other players like have the ability and we have the confidence in the other guys to, to, to do their part or, or, you know, to step up and take these shots. But it's also like buddy, buddy hasn't like buddy hasn't had like a buzzer beater. Like, you know, when you think of like Ty's battle, he had so many clutch shots that there were a game deciding in his career, obviously, you know, but buddy's had his fair share of, you know, great games, but I, I just can't really think of like any buzzer beaters or any like, you know, he's had like huge nights, but it's almost like it, while we're winning, you know, he has, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I, can you recall like a, a moment in Buddy's career? I, I don't want to knock him too hard. Obviously, you know, he's, you know, we've talked so highly of him, but I do think that this might be somewhat of a problem. I mean, like obviously like defense is a huge thing and Jimmy was open and it was a good, it was a good, it was a good, it was a good play and a good take at the last shot, but I do get the argument and the concern why Buddy's not touching the ball, and 
it's just like it feels like he he's just got to touch it. He he's he's got to he's got to shoot it. He's he's got to be the guy to do it. And I think the problem beyond that is this: it keeps it keeps happening throughout games this season. Well, I don't think that he's even had an attempt at a buzzer beater off the top of my head. I don't remember him ever having that. I could be very wrong, but it's just maybe that like teams are really focusing on him and he's just not able to get himself free to take that chance. But Tyus was able to make it happen. John Gillen was able to make it happen. I think you kind of just need to do it. Teams are going to be focusing on you because you're the best player out there. But I think that in order to really have that clutch gene, you really just need to kind of step it up and just do it regardless. 100%. Because like if Buddy took the shot and missed it, no one would be saying, oh, why didn't Jimmy take that shot? Why didn't, yeah. why didn't Joe take that shot? So I understand why people are saying, why isn't Buddy touching the ball here? Like, why isn't Buddy getting this last look? Obviously, defense and this, we've said this several times, but I do think that there's a point there. I kind of mentioned this earlier, but do you think if Samir's in this game, we at least have a better shot at winning this game? I mean, absolutely. I mean, our, our big problem in this Miami game was was turnovers. We you know, we had 11 of them, and especially down the stretch, just with Miami's full court pressure, which they did like the entire game. And that's what they did the first time too. So like going into this game, like we probably should have known that was going to happen. And I mean, I don't, I guess based on personnel, I don't know if there's much we could have done with it. We, we handled the best we could, I guess, but it was just some very costly time turnovers late in the game that ultimately were the deciding factor. And you would, you'd like to think that if Samir was there to, you know, break that pressure for us, we would be in a better position. There is a tweet that you and I had seen, I believe it was a couple, maybe it was like a week ago, but it just kind of summarized the season overall. How can a team that basically all the players have exceeded expectations, almost every single person on the team, especially the starters, have exceeded expectations on this. How do we have a losing record at the end of the regular season? Like, how is that a thing? And it's very frustrating, but also at the same time, it's, it's it's very perplexing. And maybe you can chalk it up to the loss of Jesse. But even before that win streak, we were still struggling mightily. And it was just kind of one issue after another after another. It was never like one thing that you could really pinpoint that the team could really work on. It was just a different issue every game. So like... How the heck have we ended the regular season with a losing streak? I will not understand. And it might I might not ever understand that. Yeah, I mean, because if you go through each player, like especially in the starting five, and you, you kind of go through what they did this season, and you're like, you can you can't point to Jimmy and be like, oh well, you know, Jimmy came from the Ivy League and didn't quite, you know, transition in, into the ACC. Like, you know, he he did. You know, obviously, you know, maybe he's not, you know, our best player, but he's had terrific games. He's had a terrific season. So, you, you know, you can't point at that. You know, Cole Swider, he's been a fantastic transfer. You know, one of the one of the, one of the best leaders on this team. You know, a sniper from three throughout this year. And obviously, Buddy, you know, we don't even have to say anything about Buddy because he's obviously been fantastic. So, it's like there's, there's nothing you can really, like, look at and be like, oh, this is why. And in a lot of ways, it does feel like 
players are playing to their best ability and if not meeting exceeding expectations for them and we're still here at 15 and 16 with you know a winning streak in jeopardy jesse was outstanding this year he was incredible he was putting up a very very good case for um most improved player in the acc And even Joe was playing fantastic. He's been playing fantastic this year. He has had great games. Obviously, he's struggled sometimes. But as a whole, this has been his best year that I've seen in a Syracuse uniform. And I think that he's played exceptionally well. It's not like maybe the bench. Maybe we weren't getting enough production out of the bench. But even still, every player was playing in their respective roles. Benny wasn't necessarily panning out this year but it certainly wasn't a you know he's certainly not the main issue um for this year I think just overall it's just maybe it's something that we need to come to terms with the fact that like maybe the players were just not good enough to sort of compete with the level of ACC play this year yeah I mean and like we've kind of touched on this before but like not to make excuses but I really do truly believe we were a few games, you know, a Jesse injury away from from especially this time of year making another magical run into, into the to, on selection setting and getting selected. You know, coming in maybe even better than a ten seed, but you know, a higher seed if you know things kind of panned out like they have these last few years and making yet a, another magical run. I, we had the recipe, things were there, you know, and I really do think I, I don't like to put it all on this, but obviously I, I think. Jesse's injury does hold the weight, so it's 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 notable and worth pointing it pointing to that. Obviously, we still have good players. That's why we keep on competing and are in close games here down the season here. But losing Jesse was was massive, and I think as much as we we can move on and we can try to you know recover from that, I do think our conversation right here right at this very moment would be totally different if we had Jesse for this entire season. I totally agree. It's there have been a lot of games that I can think of, especially in ACC play, where we desperately needed Jesse and we just weren't able to get it done. Frank has done a great job of stepping up. Barama has done a great job of stepping up, but neither of them are Jesse. Neither of them are the scoring threat that Jesse was or the rebounding threat. And while Frank has tried his best in the starting role, it is very clear that Jesse was exceeding expectations. He absolutely deserved to be in that starting role. And listen, next year is going to be a completely different team. It's going to be a much younger team. But also, the starting lineup could maybe be filled pretty well with Jesse. Cole, listen, again... You got to come back. You got to run it back. And um, again, when we debrief and everything, we'll start to kind of project the starting lineup for next season and we'll kind of look ahead to that. But for right now, still some games left to be played. ACC tourney time. That game at noon for some reason. I don't really know why. On the dreaded Zach ESPN. We do not play well on the ESPN network. I, I don't know why, but us and like the the limelight is just not really mixing well. Yeah, we've talked about this before. ESPN is, is not a preferred station, unfortunately, this year. And 
noon isn't the best time for for a basketball game either, in my opinion. But nonetheless, the boys are are gonna take it to Florida State at noon uh, today. Yes, it's gonna be a good one. Really, really looking forward to it. It's gonna be from the Barclays Center. I feel like we play much better on ESPN News. As much as I make fun of it, I feel like we've actually had a winning record on ESPN News. Maybe that's something that we need to look into, Zach. Maybe we need to only be exclusive to the ESPN News Network, and that's got to be our our station from now on. Regardless, ESPN at noon from the Barclays Center. It's going to be a fun couple of days in the ACC tournament, obviously, it's already underway. Clemson took a win. Boston College took a win. And Louisville was able to come up with a win against Georgia Tech. So it's already underway. It'll continue today. And until you hear from us next, we will see you later. Let's go, Cuse. <laughs>